You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Children with a common presentation of both anxiety disorders and ADHD require a four-pronged treatment approach. What are the mainstays of treatment? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Katharina Manassas. Dr. Manassas is an associate professor in the Department of Psychiatry at the University of Toronto and a member of the Human Development and Applied Psychology Department at the Ontario Institute for Studies in Education. She leads several funded research studies to better understand and treat childhood anxiety disorders. Welcome to ReachMD, Dr. Manassas. Thank you. Glad to be here. Let's examine the treatment of children with comorbid anxiety and ADHD, one component at a time. What's the first modality you use to treat these kids? Families often don't like to hear this, but often we do consider medication first. That's always a struggle with some families. But don't stimulants pose a risk to the anxious child? There's no such thing as a risk-free medication, so certainly there's always a risk of of side effects and appetite and sleep effects are common ones, as well as some increase in anxiety itself is a possibility. But in many cases, the benefits outweigh the risk when when anxiety is combined with ADHD. So stimulants certainly can have anxiety as a side effect, but aren't some of the commonly used antidepressants associated with anxiety, at least as a beginning side effect as well? They can be if the child becomes very activated, particularly in the initial stages of treatment. So what do you do? What's your first choice for these kids that have both ADHD and anxiety? My preference is usually to start with a stimulant. There are two types of medication for which there's some evidence. One is stimulants, the other is atomoxetine, which is a norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. But I prefer starting with stimulants just because it's fairly quick to determine whether or not a stimulant is going to work. And in a large proportion of kids, they do work. Any particular stimulants that you like in these kids? I use essentially the same ones I would with children who have ADHD without anxiety. So Concerta or Adderall might be some reasonable choices, again, because they're longer acting, so we'll take the child through the whole school day. So longer acting being the key, you haven't found a difference really between the methylphenidate group compared to the amphetamine group? Not really. I start with what's easy and easy to explain to families. Okay, so modality number one is uh, stimulant. What's next? What's the second modality? Well, secondly, we would want to look at psychotherapy or some sort of psychosocial intervention. And I say the latter because sometimes it's a matter of doing a full therapy, like a cognitive behavior therapy, and other times good behavior management is really important. But certainly medication needs to be combined with some psychosocial intervention because both behavior and thinking are affected by anxiety and ADHD in these kids. Any pearls here on getting the family involved and motivated to make the psychotherapy happen? In my experience, many families are more willing to agree to psychotherapy than to medication treatments. And the cautionary note here is that because of the co-occurrence of ADHD, some of the children do need simpler versions of the traditional cognitive behavioral therapies or more individualized therapies. So they have, for example, difficulties with distractibility and with working memory. So some of them do better with individual treatment as opposed to a group treatment. Okay, so we've gone over medication, psychotherapy. What's the third modality? The third modality really is working with the families. 
around the whole treatment plan. And the things to consider there, I think, are that the the children are quite challenging to parents because they have both anxiety and ADHD. So, for example, an ADHD child might forget their school books once in a while but not be too concerned about it. But an anxious ADHD child with that same situation might really panic and refuse to go to school the next day. So the parents are face very challenging situations often, and sometimes they have some symptoms of either anxiety or ADHD themselves. So that's always a dilemma in our office. If, if you have these ADHD kids being parented by ADHD parents, they sort of blow into the office in this sort of tangle of bodies and stuff. Any advice on how to handle really the family as a whole when you're, you're treating multiple people that have ADHD? It's important to structure things even more than we normally do. So lots of reminder calls for appointments and for school meetings, for example, because often the school needs to be worked with. Extra attention to medication adherence because they do forget, and sometimes I assume that they're going to forget and then talk about, you know, how do we reduce the amount of forgetting as opposed to getting upset if they do miss doses, and really talking with them about consistent behavior management for their children where they can do the same simple things repeatedly to reinforce the behavior they want to see more and to ignore some of the negative chaotic behavior that can happen. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is the author of Keys to Parenting Your Anxious Child, Dr. Katharina Manassas. We are discussing treating the anxious child who also has ADHD. Dr. Manassas, the paper you recently published in Current Psychiatry talked about four modalities for treating these kids that have anxiety and ADHD. So we've covered stimulants or medication today, psychotherapy, getting the family involved, but there's one more component. Which is that? That's really to individualize the treatment plan and include the school in working with these kids. And how do you do that? To look, first of all, at where the anxiety and the ADHD is interfering in the child's life. And commonly it is at school, but also in other areas in the family and socially. And then to try and make a a plan for those situations where it gets in the way the most. From the school's point of view, often that's looking at minimizing the distractions that the child might have, reminding the child to use their anxiety coping strategies if they are learning some coping strategies in psychotherapy, and having really consistent behavior management that, that occurs in the same way at home and at school. Those are sometimes the challenges. Has it been difficult getting the schools to buy into these treatment plans? It it can be, but but schools are tremendously variable. Some of them can be very flexible, and and others find it difficult when there's a child who, who does need something more individualized. But oftentimes, if there's good communication between the treating physician, the school, and the family, and the school sees the family and the and the clinician as allies rather than as adversaries, people can work together and develop these treatment plans. How do these kids typically present to the office? They often present with symptoms of either condition. And then after one talks a bit with the family for a while, it's, it's clear that both are present. So there may be a child who presents with school difficulties related to ADHD, but then the, the families may mention in passing that the child is also very clingy at home, for example, 
or the child worries a lot. It's important to ask the child as well, though, because people don't always recognize when children are anxious. ADHD symptoms are a little more obvious, but with anxious, with anxiety, often it's important to ask the child as well as the parents some of the things that uh, they're concerned about or they worry about. Are there any rating scales or screens that might be helpful? I'm thinking particularly to the primary care doc, pediatrician, who may not have as much time as we do in psychiatry to, to sort out all these issues. Any advice you can give to them? There are some paper and pencil rating scales that are fairly quick. So, for example, for anxiety, the mask or the scared are two very commonly used standardized rating scales that don't take very long. And the SCARED has both a child and a parent version. There's also a broader rating scale like the Connors, which includes ADHD, but also some anxiety items, or something like the CBCL, which has internalizing and externalizing symptoms. I think that the thing is not to get bogged down in a thousand rating scales, but to, to find one that you're confident in is going to pick up both of those types of problems, both the inattention and also the presence of some anxiety, remembering that as I said, with anxiety, you have to ask the child as well as the parent. Now, any resources for the docs that are listening out there and, and where they can find out more information on this topic? One of the things that I often recommend is the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry website, which does include some basic information on all types of psychiatric problems seen in children. In terms of working with parents, I've done a book for parents of anxious children to help them manage some of the anxiety symptoms. And there are a number of resources for helping children manage ADHD symptoms as well. I would add your paper as well. If people go to the current psychiatry website, they can download Dr. Manassas' paper without charge as well. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. You're welcome. We've been speaking with Dr. Katharina Manassas about treating kids that have both ADHD and an anxiety disorder. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For a complete program guide and downloadable podcast, visit our website at www.reachmd.com. For comments and questions, please give us a ring at 888-MD-XM157. We're always interested in what you would want to hear on our channel. So give us a call and let us know what you're thinking. And thank you for listening.